Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. It is considered old-fashioned now, but churches used to practice something called church discipline. I'm sure it varied between denominations. Some were more zealous about it, some overdid it, and some ignored it. But it used to be, used to be a little more common in earlier days than it seems to be today. What is church discipline? Church discipline consists of the recognition that Christians uh, are mutually accountable for how they conduct themselves, for their behavior. If one behaved in a manner that is not befitting one who names the name of Christ, they were called to account. They were encouraged to make corrections for any uh, untoward improper behavior uh, interpersonally or in how they conducted themselves. Sometimes church discipline extended to where one's practice or faith uh, took on characteristics which were not Christian anymore. It amounted to a denial of the gospel, either in word or practice. If such happened, the persons were excluded from the community of God's people. All of this comes from good biblical basis. The Lord Jesus himself talked about what to do with interpersonal disputes. If someone wrongs you, you should go and confront that person directly ask them to rectify the wrong done. If they don't listen to you, bring uh, witnesses with you who knew of the transaction or whatever they have done, confront them that way. If that person still doesn't yield, then tell it to the church. And if they don't listen to the church, the Lord says in the Gospel of Matthew, let him be to you like a tax collector or a sinner, one who is outside of the community in terms of full fellowship and participation. The Apostle Paul also deals with it in multiple letters. Uh, 1 John mentions such situations where either doctrinal error or practical error uh, takes place. Now, when we come toward the conclusion of the Epistle to the Galatians, uh, such a matter is brought up again. In chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, this is what Paul has to say. Brothers... If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. There is one important principle that applies to church discipline when it has to do with a failure or fault or shortcoming on someone's part. The goal of discipline is not to exclude them, but to restore them. Here he talks about if anyone is caught or overtaken in a transgression. Christians ought to live holy, righteous, obedient to God lives. It does not always turn out that way. We, each one of us, has our own path of growth into the likeness of Christ. Some advance faster than others. Some struggle with greater issues and and stronger 
holds of sin on their life than others have experienced. Some are much radical and in their commitment to the gospel and to the truths that we have considered, that they are much more willing to change their lifestyle. They recognize their new standing in Christ and turn around, make a, a dramatic re-identification uh, with the truth and with the new goals that are connected with them through the gospel. Others are much less dramatic in their turnaround. But it has to do with recognizing sin and, and, and righteousness and doing what is right. So if everyone, if anyone is kind of caught, falls into, into sin, we, we refer to this like falling into sin. Often it's not calculated plan. It's not being on guard, being overtaken. There are forces at work from within and without to make us fall. There is an enemy who is constantly watching for opportunity. The Apostle Paul speaks about, you know, the one whom the seeking to see whom he may devour. Such voracious uh, is his appetite and, and, and evil desire toward causing harm to those who belong to Christ and to humanity in general. So there is plenty of opportunity for falling and failing, and there are lots of forces at work. The gospel is the power of God to salvation, and the Spirit of God whom God has given us is given to enable us to live righteously. But what if we don't? What do we do when someone really has fallen short of living up to the calling we have? Very often, unfortunately, Christians have identified matters of discipline with the wrong kind of things, externalities, uh, having to do with outward uh, signs and symbols, having to do with attire, having to do with styles, much more than internal things of behavior, such as divisiveness, quarrelsomeness. We have all along identified sexual immorality as a serious issue and problem, and seems like this may be an area where people have become more lax. God's standard does not change. And it's important to encourage those who have called upon Christ for salvation to enjoy in full the power of God and the grace of God and also to align ourselves with the mind of Christ in how we live. So he is exhorting the believers in Galatia, saying, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. If anyone has sinned, the spiritual ones who should restore him, who are the spiritual ones? And contextually, uh, it's best to understand spiritual as the ones who are led by the Spirit, those who are manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, those who evidence in their life love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, self-control above all things, such who manifest the power and the working of the Spirit in their life. Generally, we would think that those who have responsibility in, in ministering to, leading, and governing the congregation would be such people among the elders, other ministers, deacons. So the ones who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So here's an important principle in regard to church discipline, as the Apostle Paul teaches it. The goal of discipline is restoration. The goal of discipline is not condemnation, it's restoration. And this is, in a way, the difference between how God deals with his children and how God deals with the unbelieving world that has rejected him. 
God even reasons with the unbelieving world like he did with Cain to repent, to turn to him. But there comes a point when God will deal with the world that has rejected him in judgment, which is of rejection being cast out, being destroyed. The way he deals with his children is as any loving parent would have done. Children need correction as they grow up. They ought to be taught right habits, right priorities, right behavior, right tendencies. And the whole purpose of that instruction is the good of the child. It's, it shouldn't come from selfish intent on the part of parents to make them compliant to achieve something uh, of only of interest to the, the one raising the child. But the purpose of discipline, even in raising a child, is for the good of the child in the long outcome, even when the one raising the child is no longer in the picture. So God deals with us as a loving parent. Uh, scripture tells, and we are reminded of this in the, the epistle to the Hebrews, that God disciplines every child whom he loves. Every child whom he loves, he disciplines. Discipline and correction is a part of the divine dealing with his own children, with us. He wants us to learn the right things through life's experience. He corrects us through the word. He corrects us when we disobey through circumstance of life and the way he hedges us in often opens our eyes through experience. He helps us learn and corrects us. It is important for us, in fact, as we go through life, to have our eyes open to see how God may be speaking to us. We may at times be rebellious and bent on doing things when, in a certain way when we know that is not pleasing to God, and God might speak. He might speak through events and circumstances in our life, and we should listen. God disciplines uh, those whom he loves. So in church, too, part of the, the burden of the congregation in regard to those who identified with them but are not living in a way that is right before God in regard to their public testimony or their private testimony or in regard to the things they profess is to seek to restore them, to help to walk with the Lord. So those who are spiritual should be the ones who take the initiative and do this, and they should do this carefully. He says, keep watch on yourself lest you to be tempted. Temptations are very real. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No one of us is capable in ourselves, sinless to be un, uh, unconcerned about the potential of temptation and of being tripped up and of falling. So we should be on guard as we seek to help and we should attempt to help and should we should restore those who have been overtaken in some kind of fault or sin. And this is part of the call to have fellowship, which is to share when he says in verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Helping those who have been overtaken in sins to come back and to walk with Christ again is a burden, is an undertaking that pertains to those who know God, those who are led by the Spirit, and it is something that they should give themselves to. We should be concerned about others in the body of Christ, not only just for name's sake, not for reputation's sake, 
but for their sake. And we ought to bear that burden, should help one another, even experiencing inconveniences in the process of helping those who are struggling. Now, very often in society, we only recognize material and other kinds of struggles. But spiritual struggles are also real. There are many who struggle with various kinds of issues, anxieties, insecurities, struggle with particular sins, with various forms of temptation. And to come alongside and to help them both through the teaching and application of God's Word and personal encouragement is part of the mandate of the church. The, we are all placed in the body of Christ to minister to one another, to edify, to build one another up is the calling of Christians. So bear one another's burdens. The burdens, emotional or other kinds of burdens, even the struggle with uh, in resisting sin that your fellow Christian experience is, is not exclusively their burden. It's also your burden. It's not exclusively my brothers and sisters' burden. It's also my burden. And I ought to lend a shoulder in carrying that. And that fulfills the law of Christ is that we should love one another, even as he has loved us. Our calling in Christ is to love one another. And this love ought to manifest itself in helping those who are struggling, especially struggling with sin. If anyone is overtaken in a fault, reach out to them, not to condemn them, not to brand them, not to speak behind their back, not to gossip about them, but to restore them in a spirit of humility, guarding, watching out for yourself, lest you also be tempted. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.